talking. Oh my god. Oh my god, James is talking. Unless he's muted, then he wasn't talking the whole time. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I am James True. I am here to do things. Uh, I hope you guys are well. Um, I just unloaded the heaviest fucking thing out of my truck by myself and got it up the stairs. Holy fuck, that was hard. Um, you know, all these shows about dead bodies, you know, it's like, you know, oh my God, we found his pubic hairs and through spending $18,000, $18 million on a state-of-the-art Miami investigation where some dude pulls off his sunglasses in the middle of the day because he's profoundly moved by the fact that a pubic hair was found on the edge of a dumpster that that not once in those shows do they have a guy that's like, fuck, that body was heavy. I think I pulled my back. I think I pulled something out of my back. I mean, he said, I'm glad he's dead, but fuck, that guy was heavy, right? In fact, it would it would open a whole new avenue in uh, home defense. Can you see the ad now? Not muted, right? But can you see the ad now? Do did you know that if you weighed over three hundred pounds, it would be that much harder to hide your body? Did you know that your chances of being murdered go up the less you weigh and the easier it is for you to fit into a suitcase? With our new uh, stay safe diet, we can we can guarantee you that your chances of you being, uh, I mean, you'll still get murdered, but the chances that they will catch the person go up so much more the heavier you are. And so, come to Weight Watchers. We will keep we won't keep you safe, but we will make it harder for the person that killed you to hide your body, and that. That should be a pretty good, uh, you know, I, I think that's all you need. I, I I think all of the tanning beds that have ever been opened in America and in the South, all the video stores, there are still people in the South that are like, hey, you know what? This town needs a, a videotape rental store. That's what we need. And then And then they try and get one. And what happens? The other guy goes, no, we want a Dollar General store. We, yeah, hi, this is the South. We'd like some more Dollar General stores, please. Do, can you please send more Dollar General stores? If you don't send more Dollar General stores, the South will rise again. We need more Dollar General stores. Because that's where we're at. Happy Wednesday, all. Um, is everything working? Uh, I'll look at that secret space program. Uh, what is that one, Grant? What are you... What are you linking to here? Let me see what he's linking here to here. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, yeah. We are the Secret Space Program. I thought it was like, some, yeah, thank you. Let me see. So Rockfin worked. That worked. And then uh, uh, it looks like, uh, yeah, it looks like we're working there. So uh, things are not actually working the way they used to, but uh, it does uh, It does get, it is getting closer. We should be streaming on all platforms now, which is great. Shalom alaikum. Mehmet, good to see you, my friend. Great to see you. Everything's working, but Zerlith, he needs a job. Zerlith, I've just come up with a a chain of uh, weight gain facilities designed to uh, help people not stay safe, but 
when they get murdered, it will be that much harder for for people to hide the body. And that's this is why I've, I you should not ask me to write the tagline because I think we could judge that up and make it more, you know, give it more punch, so to speak. So we just need to work on the wording is all. Family dollar dollar tree combo. Yeah, I think they're the same. I mean, I, I think the point is, is like, you know what we have to do? You know what? Here's what the family dollars were like. You know what? We should start a chain of not dollar general stores, but family dollar stores. And meanwhile, Dollar Tree's like, why the fuck are you guys crawling up in my grill here? I'm, I, I got a thing going. Everything in here is a dollar or more. You notice that? Even inside Dollar Tree. Everything in there is not a dollar. If it is, you tell me. But I'm pretty sure that that I don't think I've ever been into a Dollar Tree store and actually found something that cost a dollar. But please correct me if I'm wrong. If you want to tell me, no, James, we're pruning your lips. Every single product that's ever been brought into Dollar Tree does in fact cost exactly a dollar. If it does, tell me. But I've never seen that. It's a dollar and a quarter tree now. There you go. Well, who knows, Adrian? You also... Who knows what you're saying? Five and dime went to a dollar. Dollar ain't worth a dime. Well, yeah, that's true too. All right, fine. You guys tell everyone has a point. Fine. Money tree stores will probably be next. Probably be a thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you guys get it. But I've I've seen no confirmation here or there. Uh, by the way, there's this rumor going around that uh, this is a Jim Bob made by Jim Bob uh, retard statement. Uh, when, when you say that there is no objective reality, you don't actually get to say, well, okay, so if you don't think there's an objective reality, then that's objective. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and no, it's, it's actually, it's a logical fallacy. It's, it's called uh, disproving the negative. It's, it's actually not really that clever. And if you just apply more calories, you'd understand me saying I've never seen an example where an objective reality could, could actually be proven or shown or, or, or demonstrated does not even prove that it doesn't exist. But as an empiricist, as a zetetic, I'm requiring you, can you at least pr- provide an example? So if you want to prove objective reality, it's not, it's not a matter of me disproving that something does not not exist. It's actually up to you to say, here's an example of how objective reality exists and then try it. And then try it. And you'll try it. And you'll say, okay, subject A and subject B both look out window and both see a tree. Ha ha, objective reality exists. And there you go. That's all it took, right? That's all it took. And when you start to think about the simple thinking of that, you start to realize, oh, wait a minute. I see what James is saying. They're actually, wow. And you really start to tap into the fact that, uh, hey, you know what? Uh, depending on where you sit in the room, that tree is or is not going to be demonstrably empirically there. So, start to break this down. That means the tree only exists when you're inside the room or when you can observe it. Now, if the tree only exists when you can observe it, it means it, it, we haven't actually proved that it is an objective reality. All we've proved is, is that this tree phases into existence when you are in this quadrant, in this quadrant, in this quadrant, and in this quadrant. 
And all these quadrants have certain things that are in common, but none of us can actually prove whether or not that tree is phased in or out, depending on whether or not we've been there. You can't, you can't do it and stop. Just stop. Look, I know how bad you want to do it, but you've been squeezing your butthole this long, Jim Bob. You're going to have to stop. You're going to have to let go of this idea that someone out there is going to tell you what's right and wrong, and all you have to do is pretend you didn't hear him to declare yourself moral. This is what objective morality does. You know what no one watching you it does to a sovereign person? It makes them watch themselves. What does it do to a child? What does it do? These are steps we take, right? We are learning to witness ourselves. We all struggle with this, right? We seek the wisdom of someone else. We seek the witness of someone else. I need you. To, I need to be seen about this. You could argue it's why we're here. You could argue that, and there'd be no way to prove or disprove if it's true or not. Be no way to do it. But there's an objective reality, and if you stop, and you're a Satanist, if you keep insisting that there's no one, so stop it. You're such a Satanist. You're such. You know what? I named my car uh, uh, Blucy. Lucifer. It's a. I'm I'm going all in. I'm going all in. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I've done the math and I've added up the people that that call call things Satan and that call things evil. And when I look back in time, I realize those are actually the ones that invented the vaccine. Oh. You you might no, that's not true. Actually it is. Uh believe it or not. <clears throat> Edward Jenner was uh, puritanically raised in a uh, religious sect, and that religious sect actually believed and did what they did to him. They were injecting horse grease into people. It was Edward Jenner that literally ran out of horse grease at one time and decided, why don't we just try cow pus sometimes? And it was the religious sects that adopted this. It was the religious ones that said, we must do this. Do you know why? Because witch prickers... The, the very first needle that we've ever seen was actually called a witch pricker. You would stick this sharp piece of metal into the thigh of a witch. And if she bled or not, depending on, on how, how you decided she reacted to it, would determine whether or not someone was a witch. That's literally the very first vaccine. And what do we do? We started dipping that witch pricker in cow pus. And we said, if we put this cow pus underneath the, scent, the, the skin, if she is one of ball, if she is one of ball... Right? The bull god? Think about it. Cow pus? Bull god? Think about it. Who invented vaccines? You can't say atheists. You know who invented vaccines? The people that were insisting there's this devil and he's like this Baal and he's like this bull and he's the bad guy. All of us are good. But that bull guy, oh my God, he's horrible. And we have to take pus from his minions and inject them into our children because we're good. Because we're the good guys, we're going to give our children herpes, right? Like exactly how it happened. Exactly. Edward Jenner, uh, skin was scarred open, right? Calpus smeared into the rose like planting, literally planting the seed like corn. <clears throat> Left in a stockade for weeks, not fed. Told... If you were meant to live, you were meant to live. May God have mercy on your soul. I ask you, how would you normalize that? How would you caramelize that? How would you justify that? How would you try and remain 
in society after they did that to you. And the only way you could remain in society after someone did that to you is to adopt the very same medicine and do it to someone else. We have this phenomenon now. It's called the cycle of abuse. It's literally called the cycle of abuse, which means is when a child is abused, he will enact the same abuse on others. Edward Jenner, heralded as the forefather of vaccines, was an abuse victim. He was abused. And he wanted to find some way of justifying that. And when you were under abuse, what happens? Your immune system kicks in, turns on. And you're being attacked. Your immune system sounds the alarm and everything. But James, there's no immune system. Dude, look up a macrophage right now. Hit pause. Go to YouTube. Type in macrophage. And watch. Okay? Stop. Stop saying there's no immune system, okay? The people that are telling you that are the same people that are telling you, you've got to put calpus in your arm. They're the same people. I know it doesn't seem like it, but they're the same people. Do you know how you, you know contagious ex, contagion exists because of corona? Because when you turned on the TV, everyone had it. Everyone had it. Do you know why they had it? Because it was on TV. Stop saying these things don't exist. They do. They're just scary, that's all. You just take a lot of electricity to own up to. That's all. And there's a time and a place. Colton Mathers. You guys know that name? Cotton Mathers. No, Colton Cotton Mathers. I'm going to find out. I don't, I don't want you to have to prove my lips on this one. I want you better look him up. Mathers. Cotton or Colton? Cotton or Colton? Just give me a sec. Cotton Mather. Right? New England Puritan clergyman and writer, educated at Harvard. 1685, he's joining his father as a minister. Claimed and insisted in one year that a 13-year-old good uh, a girl was a witch and proceeded to have her drowned and tortured and just eight months later insisted that the entire town be vaccinated. He himself personally vaccinated those people against the devil. And at least... At least 10% of them died. At least. Look it up. Look it up. Or if you've seen my work before, this actually sounds familiar. You know, James, you've talked about that before. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. And I'm talking about it now because it's important. Because these come back to this idea of where and how we get our belief, right? Of where and how and what makes it grow and what makes it shrink, right? Not Marshall, no, not Marshall Mathers. It was a different guy. It was uh, uh, our macrophagy's objective. Uh, we can't prove that. All we can really prove, Joe Roland, is that if enough of us look for macrophages, we see them. But does that even really prove that it's objective? Do you see what I mean? Like, does it really? Because we go back into this false thing we've had for a long time, which is that reality is defined by majority rule. Right now, we decide what is evil by majority rule. In fact, the other day... Uh, one of my longtime detractors, um, such a piss ant, just loves coming in and just just trying to drop like these uh, profundities on that. But you you really start to kind of tap into uh, relook at definitions, and you notice that that did you realize that just by looking up the word evil, all we did was look up the word evil on Google. Which is hilarious, by the way. <laughs> Freaking love that. 
We looked up the word uh, evil on, on Google, and I read you the words that were there. And I was told in the comments that I was redefining the word. That only a Luciferian would redefine a word evil. And I didn't. I told you what Google said it was. And you know what Google said it was? Of which that is with that can which can forth henceforth be seen as crooked. Okay, <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Twisty. Okay, then you start to follow that realm and you realize that doesn't tell you anything. Then you come back and you look for definition two. And it's like, of which that which is hath been considered condoned or that which is of upon, upon such karmically placed moral immoral. What, what that which is not that which called immoral. And then you look up what that which immoral is. And you know what the definition of immoral is? That which society decides is wrong. Did you realize that when you look up in the DSM, diagnostic, uh, right, DSMV, diagnostic, what does DSMV stand for? I used to know that, DSMV. Right now it's DSM-5. Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Health, right? It's the fifth edition. That's why I'm calling it DSMV. Then when you look up the uh, DSMV definition of what is mutilation, it says, of which that upon therefore hence society considers mutilating. <laughs> And you're reading and you're like, what? So, so self-mutilation is defined by what society calls it. Yes, that's what DSMV is telling you. They're telling you that. No, that's what it is, James. If society says it's mutilating, it's mutilating. If society says it's fine, it's fine. Meanwhile, the same people that are accusing me of redefining words are using words that are defined by the majority fashion statement of the time, which is not objective at all is based purely on the fashion of what's happening at the point. You see what I mean? Even hallucinations. You can walk in and say, dude, there's a giant Sasquatch right there. He just got out of a silver ship. His name's Reggie. I can ask him questions. And you do. That's a hallucination, we say. Why? Because there's not a majority panel of people that see the same thing. It's literally how we've defined reality right now. Yeah, reality is that which a majority panel of average people that are, would fall for literally any kind of psyop that you're told no matter what, that which they determine is real. There's your reality. Which is why I've never found an objective reality. That's exactly why. I've never found one because of that. Have you? Let me know in the comments. Let me know in the comments if that's true, if you if you found that sort of thing. Because I've not. I'm not, and I've been around a while. I've seen things, man. I've seen things. But I've never seen any kind of Indian story about ancient buildings. I, oh, God, man. You know, I, I gotta admit, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this because, as you know, uh, it was sort of like straw manned where I was told how I was a closed-minded person because I thought that the Indians might have said something about there being buildings here, which is funny that that makes me a closed-minded person, but I spent some time thinking about why this bothers me, and I figured it out, and it sucks. It bothers me because the people that I used to have respect for, for like rationally looking at things, when you ask them basic questions like, well, don't you think that maybe the windows 
underground, the foundation wouldn't need to have the same bricks where the window bays are because literally windows are designed with lintels above all the windows that literally distribute the weight to the outer columns, which means that the foundation of a building, two, three stories underground, would actually mimic the same column structure as the windows above it simply because of the way that the, the weight is distributed. And the same concept in Notre Dame was called a flying buttress. You're actually spanning weight to a different place, and there's where you put all your rock. And you don't need rock anywhere else. You just need it there. And the reason why it bothers me so much is because people I used to have a lot of respect for are entertaining these things, and it makes me realize, fuck. This means every time I've actually listened to them, I've thought that there's been more thought into this, and there's not. And that's actually what bothers me. That's actually what bothers me. It's got me rethinking everything. I spent so much of today thinking about Marion. Marion Moon. The fascinating, fascinating case of Marion Moon. Have you guys ever considered it kind of weird that when you go on Wikipedia, you can find articles about literally anyone's mom. There's an inside joke there. I just don't have it right now. But, but you can find articles about anyone's mom, except for Buzz Aldrin. Here, someone look it up. There's not a Wikipedia entry for Marion Moon. There is a Wikipedia entry for someone named Marion Moon who was born in 1958, who uh, I definitely don't believe me when I say this, but who like invented a bicycle that was 50% less Semitic or something like, like that. It's someone like that's there. But when you go to Buzz Aldrin's official Wikipedia page and you go to look at his family and you've heard rumors and you want to find out about it, there's not actually a page about her. It's been stricken from the record. Maybe, maybe it, it was never there, but I bet you it was. I bet you some uh, Enochian Wikipedia, right? Someone who kind of has that Enochian bend to things where they're like, you know, super surreal and they're hanging around Wikipedia and they're like, oh my God, Marion Moon doesn't have an entry on Wikipedia. I am so totally going to write the fuck out of that entry. And then if anyone reads notes under the Wikipedia page, they'll see that I wrote it and I will have contributed something to Wikipedia. And this is beautiful. All of us are contributing pieces to a larger puzzle. I, I, I think this is a worthy pursuit. And I'm telling you that I do not believe that that's never happened. I do not believe that that's never happened. I think it's probably happened. And I think it's probably happened, but not only has it happened, but that it's been left off the record for some reason. Or it's been decided this is way too sensitive, so we shouldn't show it. On May 14th, 2017, Buzz Aldrin said, My mother's maiden name was Marion Moon, so pioneering was my destiny. Best mother a boy could hope for. In my heart forever, happy Mother's Day. Which is beautiful. And I, I, I think it's great that, that Buzz loved his mom. I think moms are awesome. 
and his mother, Marion Moon, was the daughter of an army chaplain, and his father, Edwin Eugene Aldrin, was an aviation pioneer. Now, Mary Moon committed suicide. She uh, killed herself with sleeping pills. And she left a note. And in the note, it said, uh, I don't have the exact note. In fact, I don't think you can find it. But this is from Buzz Aldrin. This isn't even Scuttlebutt. Um, but the, the note said, uh, soon, this is, these are not her words, uh, my son will be famous for landing on the moon and I cannot bear the pressure of, of that infamy. And, um, you start to sort of look at this story and until people defend the question well did indians why did, why did indians not notice the building and w when people start to say that's a ridiculous thing to say that's a close-minded thing to say it makes me have to go back to the moon landings <laughs> i have to go back and go am i really sure that we did not land on the moon i seriously have to check and i go back and i revisit i do this all the time not just with the moon most of the time it's not the moon sometimes it's the moon this time it was the moon and I'm always going back and rechecking. I'm always going back and rechecking. Parkland, done that a lot with Parkland. Done that a lot with Nicholas Cruz, the psych profile of that kid. Uh, looked at it a lot. It's not as important to me that I find an answer. It's as important to me as, as I'm, is that I'm as scrupulous as I can be as I, as I dive. Does that make sense? That's really all I care about. I, when I think about whether or not I'm wrong or right, I more want to see that I've measured and applied enough calories before I say something about it, if that makes sense. That's more important to me, that the calories are there. And I think that's why I disrespect the thoughts that, that, uh, that some of these things invoke, because I see how lazy that is. That's why I, th I would call it lazy thinking, which I know is a judgment. It's a horrible judgment. But it's sort of like there's a posse. We, we have a camp, and we trust each other at night to watch, to watch. And it doesn't look like we're all watching. It doesn't look like that. And it makes me reevaluate the whole camp. And I think that's healthy. I think we should all do that. It's an important part of, of your zetetic world. You have your own palisade, right? What is a palisade, right? You chop down trees in colonial America, and you take the dead trees and you bury them to where they're close enough apart to where a human being cannot run through the trees without having to slow down. It's a, how do you, what the laziest way of digging a pit is to construct a palisade. And whenever you hear that word palisade, it's basically what it means. The ability to create a border that's slow, right? Sometimes there's zigzags. We see these now as even cow fences, right? Where a cow fence, you can walk right through a cow fence, but a cow can't. It's sort of like that kind of concept. You have to slow and when you're slow, you become vulnerable and you can defend your fort and things like that. And you have that same palisade in your mind. You have to. You have to. It's a, a natural world. We're living in wild, wild open country right now. Your beliefs are always, always, always on high alert. But sometimes you can't watch every belief at once. I cannot monitor moon traffic all the time. I cannot always ask my bones, how do I feel about the moon? How do I feel about the moon? I can't always do that. 
right? Buzz's real name was not Buzz, it was Edwin. He was named after his father. And Mary Moon wasn't the only one who committed suicide. Her, her father also committed suicide. These are important. These are important. In my mind, I've tried as much as I can to compassionate Mary Moon and what happened. And you think about what would be the logical reasons why she would kill herself before something so important. I say important. I want you to understand that under the context of landing on the moon, especially at that time, I think that Marion would have no choice but to look at the patriotic aspects of what was happening. That this was during a uh, propaganda war, right? A uh, space race. That Sputnik, uh, another narrative story that, that's, that was inserted purely to... Again, when you have two countries that are both claiming a single lie is false, but two countries are pretending to be enemies, everyone, everyone will, will believe what those two enemies agree on. It will be assumed to be true. And if those two quote, quote, fake enemies, if those two fake enemies are agreeing that space is real, that or not even the space is real, because space is real, we're going to get to that. But if two of them are admitting and insisting that, yes, you can orbit something above space, and that this is how it happens, and this is how it works, that no, one, no one's going to doubt it. This is Russia, after all. And if Russia was lying about this, then America would, would, would call them out on their lie and say, you guys are lying, there's no such thing. And Russia's thinking the same thing. Russians are like, well, no, if this wasn't true, then America would call us out and say, we're, and guess what? No, neither of them do. Do you know why neither of them do? Because countries aren't what we think they are. And when you look at 1948, when Sputnik was introduced, it was instant. Oh my God, we have three days. If we don't get this done in three days, we're, gonna all, we're all going to die. That was the, the narrative on both sides. And what does that do? It rushes you to the field and encourages you to make the decision. So there you are, you made the decision. And when Corona came out, a lot of people have been were brand new to the truth movement and they were forced into decisions. And they were forced into decisions by the rebel alliance that was literally telling them the wrong things. They were like, you got to believe this. You got to believe this. You got to believe this. You got to believe flat earth. You got to believe this. 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 You have to doubt 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 this. And it's a cohesion network. You're having an OS installed in your system because you're trying to exotically look around and see what's happening. That's why I said what I said the other day, which is, I hope you're not coming to me for truth. And I'm sorry to say that. I would love to have your witness. And my secret classified rating doesn't give me anything special. I wouldn't be allowed to tell you if I could. In my secret rumors that I was in the CIA, which are unsubstantially possibly not false, right? All the rumors that I try and set even that way, none of those are really going to change the fact that I'm here to tell you that I don't have the truth. I have a posture for you. And more importantly, I have some... Uh, abilities, some skills that you can throw into your cockpit and look at your equipment in a different way. And that equipment is going to show you a world that's not as this romantic, sexy, everything's fake, brah, because that's what it is. And the people that are saying everything fake are the same ones that are insisting no one died in 9-11. And I, I think those guys are shit fuckers. I think they're shitheads. I do. I think they're shitheads because they literally want to pretend that no one has ever been hurt. And why do they want to pretend that? Because it feels good. Because it feels good. And there really is the true lesson, right? That's the big reveal, is that it's not a truth movement, it's a comfort movement. 
That's my big reveal. And knowing that it's a cover movement, I think lets you backwards engineer reality itself. You get a taste to look at what reality actually is now. You don't really get to see it, which is reality is not objective. And the reason why it's not objective is because it's being controlled by a central part. And that central part of the brain is the part that's lying to you about what you see. <clears throat> the irony that the place in the brain that does all of your body's healing is the same place in the brain that you lie is only superseded by this profound fact, which is that we are living in a society that insists, everyone walks around insisting that they do not lie. And if you understand that all your placebic healing power comes from a place that you are walking around insisting that you never use, <laughs> that is the definition of suppressing your power. And society hides our true power inside these flaccid words like placebo, placebo. And you and I hide our power by insisting we never use that power, which is the power to lie. It's the same kind of force. To imaginicate, to imaginate, is to formulate a reality that is not presently there and to cook it, to bake it into the world. And when I think about Mary Moon, I picture this idea that Buzz told his mom that he wasn't actually going to the moon because she was worried about him. And that he told her, I'm not actually going to the moon. It's okay. All I have to do is stay up in this uh, capsule. Right? We're going to be launched from a plane in this capsule. That's all I'm going to do. I'm not even going to be on the rocket, Ma, is what he said. When the rocket took off, he was probably willing to be there with her, was what he was telling her. That that rocket and I will never touch. I'll never be there. You will only see that I will land in a capsule later. That's it. We'll drop out of the back of a, a giant cargo plane, splash down the water, mission over. And in my mind, Mary Moon said, well, that's, that's lying. And she processed that lie, and he told her it's because of the space race. we got to save ourselves from the Russians. And she processed that lie, too. And she, she tried to think about it, and she tried to cope with it, and she realized she couldn't. And she no longer saw it as uh, a mission to save, a, to save the world. She saw it as one of the biggest internal conflicts she'd ever had, she'd ever known. This is how I've compassionated it. I'm not saying it's true. I'm simply telling you that I've applied the electricity to this idea because I, I, I can't fathom that she would shirk such an important patriotic duty. Do you understand? This was framed... In a very patriotic way, their entire family was pro-military. They were uh, Buzz was one of the first people to join the Air Force before the Air Force was even the Air Force. They were very high up in uh, in the industry. This was this was their whole life. 
not only was it a whole life, but not only did her finances depend on it, but I believe that the psychological impact of this uh, race, this race to space and the preservation of life itself would have made it even harder for her to shirk her patriotic responsibilities and off herself before this mission. And so I, I've done my best to say, well, why would she really offer herself that way? Could it be for infamy? Yeah, it could. If you really want to paint that much mental illness into their family and it was there, which is why I gave you that data. Do you know why I gave you that data? Because I'm not fucking lazy. And I told you that Marion's grandfather uh, killed himself too. Or Marion's father. I'm, please prove my lips that part. It's either her father or her grandfather killed himself too. I'm telling you that because I'm not lazy. I'm telling you that because when I when you show me the picture of the, of of the Capitol in Washington, you're like, see, it's three three stories underground. Look at the windows, and I look underground, and I'm showing you, there's no glass. Those aren't windows. Those are arches placed under the foundation where there's lintels above it. There'd be no reason to have rocks there to 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 waste all that space on bricks in that area would be a waste. So they have columns there. Why? Because that's how you save. Look at Rome. Look at the catacombs. Look at Israel. Look at London. Look at Atlanta. And this idea that, James, there's no way that people would build a giant city in the middle of nowhere. That's never happened. And fuck, guys, that's literally the only way it's ever happened every single time. Do you realize that the entire country of Portugal was completely civilized by Spanish inquisitors? And what did they do? They would go to the shithole middle of nowhere and build the largest chapel they could construct at the time. And when you're performing Manifest Destiny and you're going out west and you want to establish some sort of civilization in the middle of Comanche country, by the way, where people are coming and, and you're, the threat of life itself, life's preservation itself, is a real viable thing. You do not want to build a tiny shack in the middle of fucking nowhere. You want to build an intimidating large town or city or enclosure to simply convey the idea of civilization in the middle of the wild. And this is how you colonize everything. Do you realize that England was built off the giant megastructures of Rome? And that Rome would go in and build these huge fortifications in the middle of fucking nowhere. They built Hadrian's Wall, for God's sake. They split the entire country in two. And every few leagues, they had to construct a large building. Why? Because they were trying to set a menacing concept in the dirt called civilization. And it requires that many calories. It requires an abundance of being built. And here's the kicker. None of this means that the official narrative is true. None of it. And you don't get to straw man me because I'm using logic. You get to say, wow, those points make sense. And if you're confused, if you want to ask, do I now think the whole narrative is true? No, I think that's a dumb question. I spent most of my work showing you which narratives aren't true. I don't think that the Marian, my Marian Moon narrative is necessarily true. I'm telling you, it's just something that I've considered. That's all. It's something I've considered. It would make total sense to me that both the Russians and the Americans wanted their population to believe in the moon.
And it would make sense to me that they wanted people to believe that you can walk on the moon because reality is not what we think it is. But it has to be bad, right? It has to be a lie. It has to be Masonic lie. There has to be a child somewhere that's getting his skull fucked. That's, that's the truth or idea is if there's not a child getting skull fucked somewhere, James, I don't want to hear your fucking story. That's most of the, of the, uh, of the hunger of the appetite in the truth movement. And what if it's something different? What if there is a caramelizing pattern to the mass collective of mankind and that the caramelizing pattern can be harnessed in a certain way through the use of story and folklore and that who we call the Masons or the elite or whoever the fuck else you want to call them are actually a dream factory because they know that they can use the psychic egregoric belief as a force and place it into certain contexts and create reality that wasn't there before. And I'll give you an example. I'd like you to imagine that a long time ago when the Indians were here, there were no giant buildings. <laughs> like you'd imagine that. And that the structures were there were the mound cities that we see, which are impressive as fuck, by the way. The largest living structure that has ever been made, ever, including the pyramids, is in Mexico. And it's a Native American mound. And it's not a Roman structure. Nope. Not Roman at all. Doesn't have Doric columns. It's a pyramid. It's not Chalupa. James, don't you dare tell them Chalupa. That is definitely a Taco Bell item. But it is a pyramid. We're going to look it up. Largest pyramid. I was close. It's not. It's Cholula. It's Cholula. It's not Chalupa, though. (laughs) The, the, The Great Pyramid of Cholula. Right? Largest pyramid in the world. So, yes, huge things were here, right? I've told you these things are here. I told you. But back to this belief thing. What if the elite, what if the, the, who we like to call the powers that be, what if the people that are creating the lie of the space race are actually creating real estate? What if they're creating real estate that wasn't there before? What if a long time ago, the very first person that was ever in this world, his name happened to be Kronos, Saturn. And according to the book of Adam and Eve, what Saturn did is what anyone else did. He named shit. A zebra. And when you name something, in programming, it's called instantiating. You're you're pulling a predefined box out of the library and you're now labeling it and it's now a folder. It's passable. It's shareable. It's editable. It can grow. It can be destroyed. It has a trace history. It has a a log file attached to it. And that there are these things in the world and that the continents that are across the ocean were created by us, by witness itself. And when I say us, I need you to understand that this entire world's alive. And quantum physics proves that. You know that? If you look at the double slit experiment, some people misunderstand that to say, well, uh, something's only true if it's been witnessed by a, by a human. And it's actually not true. It's witnessed by a device. But that device could be other matter. 
And what does that tell you? It tells you that, that, that the physicality of matter itself is a living consciousness. It experiences each other. And by experiencing each other, it collapses the waves and things get built. And I want you to imagine that a long time ago, Saturn and Kronos lived on this one tiny island. And he considered the idea that just, just, just beyond, just beyond the ocular occlusion of what you and I call the horizon line, there's another piece of land that's even larger. And that what if we are doing that right now? And that what if you and I, if we were collectively able to tap into our egregoric uh, collapsing force, that we would think to see things so much to where they would finally come in to exist. And back in America, before those buildings were there, before the buildings that are here now were there, there was a river called the Mississippi and no one could cross it. It was like a big ass fucking deal. Most people just couldn't cross it. And the people that wanted to cross it, thought about to cross it. It was like one of the biggest moves of their life. It was one of those one-time things. You cross the river, then you don't come back. It's just too much effort, right? And there were people that did just what NASA does now. They stood on the side of the, of, of the river and they said, there's a bridge here. And then I'm telling you, every single thing that's ever been created in the world could have started with the idea that it existed first. The vision is the plasma that paints it into existence. And if you consider how irresponsible, maybe that's not the right word, how immature the average consciousness is, would you seriously hold it against these... Masonic skull fuckers, because apparently they have to skull fuck a child. Would you seriously hold it against them if they didn't trust mass consciousness with this creative power? That, that watching the way mass consciousness behaves against each other, watching how prone we are to fall for and believe literally any kind of fantasy at all, that it kind of sets a precedence that it's important to not leave these tools out. This is the essence of a secret language. It's the essence of a secret teachings. When you research alchemy, one of the first things you learn when you're trying to read these old texts is that they're encrypted. And then when you look at bakery cookbooks, one of the first things you learn is that some of the ingredients are encrypted. <laughs> it's true. That there's certain trade secrets that are, that are built in and hidden on purpose. And that one of the people that are the most famous at doing this were the Masons. But it wasn't just them. The Smiths did it too. The metalsmiths did it too. Their ability to harness the power of vulcanization itself was a skill that they did not think was necessarily best for everyone. Keep in mind that most people considered anyone that could work metal to be a wizard or a magician anyway. You might need some metal work done, and because of your village's belief uh, with demons or whatever else it believes, you, you feel that you are entering into a pact with the devil in order to acquire four nails. 
and you spend all summer debating on whether or not you really need nails, right? And you're like, look how fancy uh, the Joneses are over there with their nails. Why do I want a nail? Is this the devil coming into our house? Is the devil piercing his way through our house via the nail? I'm not making these stories up. Would you trust that idea? Would you trust that same idea? The very, the very same people that are like, we must rip our child's genitals. We must mutilate them. And guess what? It's fine because as long as enough people out there agree that it's okay, then it's not mutilation. So would you want them having that much responsibility? Is it right or wrong? I don't know. Right? I'm not here to tell you what's right or wrong. I'm not here to tell you if it's true or not, right? Let's see. Oh, the chat's kind of having some trouble, huh? <laughs> what's going on here? I don't know. if Is this worth catching up on? So keep nothing but let the school freakers win. Yeah, man, that's that's exactly what I was. Yeah, uh, Vox, I'd like to reemphasize what I'm saying. I would like for for you to do nothing, and please let the skull fuckers win, Vox, because that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for. I'm glad that you understand. <laughs> man, no, of course that's not what I'm saying. But how do you know you're not a skull fucker? How do you know, Vox? How do you know? What makes you the skull? What makes you the non-skull fucker? Well, obviously you don't fuck skulls, but we don't know they do that either. All we know is that we're saying they do, right? That's all. And we don't know why. We don't know how, right? All we know is there's a bunch of people in the room that like, if you take away my scapegoat, I'm going to start calling you names. Won't you take away my scapegoat, James? I worked hard for that scapegoat. I milked that scapegoat. That scapegoat's got good cheese, right? <laughs> that's, that scapegoat's got some good cheese, man. That scapegoat's got the cheddar. License plate, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> that's funny. Lumen Moon, grandfather of Gladys Moon. Man landing portion title, Project Lumen. No way, is that right, Pine? I didn't know that. Well, we got poisoned out of the womb. You didn't get poisoned out of the womb, Vox. You were actually born while they stayed untainted. You know, if you got poisoned out of the womb, guess what? Your mom poisoned you. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? If you feel you got poisoned out of the womb, then it means your mom poisoned you. What do you think about that? Is that fucked up? Because if you think it's fucked up, believe it or not, you're actually living like a slave because you were insisting the entire time that the definition of sovereign means one who can be fooled at any time, regardless of what is happening in their world. That's your definition of sovereign. You're saying, well, yeah, a sovereign person is someone who can get fooled. And I'm saying to you, I don't think that's sovereign. I think that's a slave of victimhood who signed a lifetime contract of, how dare you? You lied to me. I seek retribution. And I don't think that's sovereign. What do you think about that, Fox? Or anyone, for that matter? This is a tricky one, isn't it? Because what do you do? What do you do if you don't have 
if you don't have that scapegoat, right? Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I'm not trying to, sorry. I think Vox, maybe I mischaracterized him or her. I don't mean to do that either, by the way. No idea. I've not, I've not been paying attention to the chat. I've been in my own thing. But I do want you to think about that. I do want you to think about it. Is the vit- who gave you the vitamin K shot? Who did it? Because that would be the first one, right? Probably the vitamin K. Happy will come next, but I think vitamin K is first. So who who actually were you tricked? Because you can't say you were, right? You're in this nebulous state where your immune system literally is your mom's. You realize that, right? That when the infant's born, the entire immune system of that baby is still its mother's. And that it's going to take time for that immune system to kick on. In fact, during that time, don't be giving it no vitamin K. Don't be giving it nothing. Let that thing boot up when it's ready. But during that time, what actually happened? How did the vitamin K get into you? And you're going to try and tell me, Nurse Doug, Doug Stan sir fucking of so-and-so blah 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 and you're going to say that's it and i'm going to have to tell you no this is why i don't have a lot of viewers (laughs) because you know who gave me the vitamin case your mom did do you know why your mom did that because your mom is sovereign she just doesn't know it or she didn't know it at the time that's all it's okay can be a good mom and not be sovereign at the same time. Did you know that? Mary Moon? Perfect example. Yeah, so if you get screwed over, then you deserve it. Okay, so let's let's unpack that. Why does deserve it? What does that mean? Yes, so if you get screwed over, then you deserve it. So if something... If something bad happens to you, then you deserve it. How, how was, see Vox, I think I actually was right about you the whole time. (laughs) Totally Masonic belief system, unfortunate reality. Well, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it then. But I don't even know if deserve is even a worthy word. I don't know. If you win the lottery, do you deserve it? By definition, do you deserve that? Do you really? If you go to Vegas and you look at the, how fancy the casino is and you look at how fancy your house is and you still give them all your money thinking you're going to leave with more money than you. Who actually did that to you? Who? Because if you're a slave, you're going to say the casino did. And if you're sovereign, you're going to say, well, you did that to you. And you wouldn't say you did. I don't know if the word deserve would even deserve implies there's this giant karmic force that is deemed things deservable. And I don't see that in reality. I've never seen it that way. Not once. In fact, the only times I have is when I've been in a state of I feel victimhood because what I think should be fair isn't happening. And that's my immune system failing me. The cornerstone that Masons rejected was natural law. I don't know if that's true. Roman law is not natural. Well, does that mean that, that Rome wasn't, isn't natural? Because here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. You know, I should shut this stream off right now because I think I'm destroying the ability to, 
to offload responsibility, and that's not what you need. You probably want a good, you probably want me to tell you, here's the best, you know what? Guys, we found a deeper way. We found an even deeper way that Klaus Schwab has deceived us. And I'm going to tell you about it coming up next. Coming up next, an even deeper way why Klaus Schwab has deceived you. You see, that would be some good stuff. What is natural law, really? Because when I watch natural law, I, I watch a very specific thing take place. And I believe that that very specific thing is taking place right now on a grand scheme. I think all 33 sectors of, of Kitty Pool Dojo Earth are running under natural law. And most of that is what we want. I want to remind you all that believers built Rome. I want to remind you all to stop the idea that Rome came and took and forced everyone to, to be there. That most came to... Do you realize that when Julius Caesar went to Germany, he came back with one million people that were like, can you please give me a better life? We are your slave now. And I guarantee you, it would have taken three million people to force one million people to walk back from Germany to Italy. It would have taken three million And that's not what happened. Those people were willing slaves because we come from a pool of people that do have a willing desire not to be sovereign. And this is why it's so hard to hear these kinds of things. With great ego comes great responsibility. That's absolutely right, Oman. Well said. It's a a training ground. And your sovereignty is either going to get weaker or stronger. And it's not going to be whether or not you deserved it. It's not even going to be whether or not you deserved it. It's really not. Most of the natural world works right place, right time. That's how most of it works. Right place, right time. And so, let's go with that for a sec. Right place, right time, what does that really mean? tell you what it means that means flow state right right place right time so natural law is flow state i think that it's quite within natural law for the old definition of good right you knew this right good literally meant the dude that could come into town and get anything he wanted because no one would oppose him because he was that powerful that's literally what the word good used to mean the word evil used to mean the dude in town who could not get anything he was so decrepit He could not even sustain himself. That's the definition of evil. No, I ain't making that up. Trying to redefine evil. It's like, no. No, I'm showing you your bullshit posture. And I think you're confusing the word natural law with fair and equality or justice. And none of those things are in natural law. None of those things are in natural law. Right place, right time. That's natural law. And what is right place, right time, but flow state. That's really what it is. Flow state. So how do you find flow state? Same way nature does, right? 
Same way, early bird gets the worm. That's one concept. Right? That's one way. Obviously, fastest, the strongest, the fastest, the hungriest, but with still with enough energy, right? It's a fine line. Not once is there this thing that's like, well, wait a minute. Am I, am I behaving as a blue jay would behave right now? It's not that. Is the blue jay ever saying, gosh, my ego is so big. You know, I'm a very arrogant person, says the blue jay. It, there's, that reflection is not there. I'm not saying it should, it, therefore it should not be in you. I'm trying to explain to you that when you look at what flow state and natural law is, what really fits into is survival, right? Right place, right time would, would literally be surviving. And I think flow state has a lot more to do with this than we think. This is why I tell you that the word sovereign literally means symbiotic. This is why I say this. The sovereign person in natural law will follow the climate, will physically live in a zone that allows the most flow state, will move even, will live a transient life if necessary to maintain that climate-controlled flow state. Climate-controlled flow state. Think about it. That climate controlled for real, what that really means, right? So if you think about it, natural law is flow state. How do you find flow state? You would feel, I think you could argue that flow state would be that which feels the most. Notice I didn't see that which feels the best. I said that which feels the most. I think you could define flow state as I've said before, I think flow state is basically when you become a verb. And, and if you were to truly look at the anatomy of becoming a verb, you would simply become all feel. You would enter into a state of feel. And when I say field, I mean sensation, right? Empirical sensation, association with sensation. Absolute association with sensation. This is a... Special state requires a certain amount of calories, requires a certain amount of freedom, right? To be able to move with all that, to be able to, oh, it's winter, we have to go here or whatever, right? Humans are not birds. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Humans literally fly. Humans have calls. Humans have mating calls. Humans wear plumes. Humans use their plumes to attract mates. Humans create nests. Some birds take over the nests of other birds, right? The owl doesn't even make its own nest. Owl's born just like, dude, I don't even know how to build a house. Well, how do you live? I find a, a fucking red-tailed hawk and I move into his space. So yeah, humans are birds. They really are. The human species is... Why is the human species the one thing that is not natural? Why are birds, fish, right? All the other mammals are fine, but no, not humans. They're different. What makes them different? Because the old adage used to be, well, because they're the only ones that have a soul. I used to remember that. Oh, that was so... God, that used to... That was like the sickest, most psychopathic thing you could hear someone say. And if that's the way you feel, that's okay. But I got to say, you're living in a very cold world. Like the world is like icy cold. When you have that notion that only humans have this soul thing, whatever that even means. When quantum physics literally tells you, no, dude, literally the rocks have a soul. Literally. Everything that can witness has life. 
the ability to witness his life itself. It's that kind of thing, you know? Azazel was described as a black bird, yeah. Fascinating that uh, Noah never said a word about the blackbird. Blackbird and F never came back. Fuck that blackbird, right? That was all, it was like nothing, right? Descartes, yes, exactly. Much like Descartes. He's literally got living creatures like on his table, right? Where he's like trying to sever, remove their brain while they're still alive. You know, th- those same guys are, are making millions right now, right? There's a, a dude that uh, I was reading about this the other day for uh, for Five Five, prepping for the research for a show for Five Five. But uh, this dude is like, yeah, I'm going to do a head transplant. <sighs> yeah, I had to delay it, but I'm going to do a head transplant. I'm totally going to do it. And so, of course, he got world famous because he's like, dude's going to perform a hand transplant. Of course, he didn't perform a head transplant. Are you kidding? It's the same way where Trump said we're going to put boobies on the moon in five years. The exact same thing, right? We're going to transplant a head. It didn't matter. People believed him. What did that fucker do? That sicko got enough attention that he went to China and he did it to a monkey and they, they killed the monkey 19 hours later due to ethical concerns. Same sick, that same sickness, right? Does that prove that man's not natural? I don't think so. I've seen what killer whales do. I mean, I've seen what, uh, yeah, I've seen what killer whales do. I've seen how hyenas behave. So I think that if anything, it proves that men are much more like birds than we think. Natural creatures is what we are. We're creatures. Teach me to shapeshift into a wolf. It is so easy. Close your eyes. Go outside. Close your eyes. Take off all your clothes. Okay, clearly... We've picked the wrong spot to take off all our clothes. Let's put back on our clothes again. Let's get in the car and let's go to that place you know where we can go, where no one will be looking at you. I'll wait. Okay, you want to bring some water with you, by the way. You definitely want some water for this one. All right. You there? Good. Get out of the car. Coast clear, right? Now, you're not going to be able to be a wolf and be inside of your car. Why? Because you're associatedly attached to civilization. You're not going to be able to do this by doing that, okay? You're also, do not, trust me, I've turned into a wolf before, do not carry your keys on you. You will fucking hate yourself for that. Put your keys above your tire, right? Use the passenger tire. No one will ever think to look there, okay? Yeah, put in there. All right, they're there. Now let's, we have to walk past the car. All right, take your shoes off. Let's feel the wet grass, Okay. It's dark now. This is going to help. It's very important. It doesn't have to be dark. You can do it during the day sometimes, but it helps at night. I found it helps at night. And if there's a stream up here, it's going to really help. Is there a stream? Good. Okay. Walking through the wet grass, walking through the wet grass, walking through the wet grass. Again, the point is we have to get far enough away from a car to where we can transform into the wolf. Uh, okay. Now that you can't see the car, now I need you to shed the rest of your clothes. Why this sets up a vulnerability thing, you'll see later. Just trust me. Shed the rest of your clothes. You wanted to be a wolf, right? Are you guys still listening? Is someone taking notes? Someone should be taking notes. Okay, good. I'm there. Okay, good. All right. <clears throat> so you've taken off your clothes. All right. I want you to go to the stream. It's going to be cold. I don't want you just to get in. This is important. The stream has a sandy bank. Okay, 
All your clothes are gone. You can't see your clothes, right? Don't, don't, don't wuss out here. You can't see your clothes. They have to be out of your vision, okay? And once you get down on all fours, get in that sandy bank, right? And I want you to, uh, don't do this yet. I want you to hear me first. I want you to crawl into the water as if you were an anti-evolutionist. I want you to picture yourself entering into the primordial water and becoming this other thing. I don't want you to think wolf right now. I think you might even be better. We want to overshoot, right? If you want to aim for the for the for the the moon, you shoot for the stars, right, or whatever, right? We're doing the same thing. I want you to aim for a primordial fish walker dude, and I want you to walk down in the water. You're you're on all fours. Your face is actually going to enter the water well before your butt. And, and this is an important part of it. I want you to keep your face underwater with your butthole out above water. This is very important for the wolf transformation. All right. And now you're starting to feel ridiculous because you you remembered all this and you're still doing it. And you're really hoping you're going to turn into a wolf. And I want you to know that you're halfway there. This is really getting us close. But this ridiculousness that you feel right now. The embarrassment that you feel, you're going to have to shed all of that to go back into this primordial state. This is the same thing that you had to shed when you were 11 and you were still trying to play, but you were losing your imagination and you felt your ego congeal and you got mad at yourself because you just really wanted to get lost and play. It's the exact same thing. And right now your butt is sticking way up in the air. Your face is underwater. It's dark. There's no clothes around. Your car's gone. And you need to ask yourself, do I really want to become a wolf? Because it is there waiting. It is waiting. Now, when you shed all that, completely get underwater. Every part of your body has to be underwater. Every part. When you're there, tell yourself you're allowed to die. Don't worry about wolf right now. Don't say, I want to be reborn. That's not dying. Okay. Telling yourself, I want to be reborn, is not dying. You know that. Die in the water. Stick your cheek into the sandbank, right? Now turn around. Stay down there as long as you can. Feel the wetness of it all. Now crawl back out. Now, I can't tell you what else to do because you've got it from here. You're going to make it onto that bank. And you're going to be a whole new creature. It can be Wolf, it could be Wolf Man, it could be Wolf Man Jack, man, coming at you, right? It could be any of that. But this is all it takes. You have to shed that embarrassment. You have to get right back into that flow state. And the only way you can get there is being vulnerable. It's the only way. That's why I had to lose your clothes. Now, if someone comes right now during this part, I need you to know that you're probably going to end up killing them probably going to fuck their skull. You're going to do something really weird and primal. And I just want you to go with it. All right. Also, I need you to sign this waiver. Uh, check the chat for the link. I'm going to need you to sign this waiver. Def I should have asked you for the waiver first. Definitely sign this waiver. But then there you go. That's all you have to do. Let me know how that goes. Let me know. Try that and see. And let me know how it goes. We have an airship tonight. It starts uh, in 15 minutes. It'd be great to see you guys if you want to come.
Um, if you don't have a link to Airship, you can probably get one. Ask someone in chat. They can help you out. There's always a plus one. And uh, yeah. Oh, and someone post a 5.5 link. That'd be great. That'd be great. Um, 5.5 tickets are available. I'm doing a live show in Rhode Island. If you don't know that, it's turned into a two-day event. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It already is a lot of fun. And uh, you can get those tickets. How do you get those tickets? You get those tickets right here. Oh, look at that. Oh, Mared Moth already did it. Thank you, Mared Moth. Thank you, Shit Moth. Thank you very much. Kirk Plains in the house. Good to see you, Kirk. Kirk, I love your comments, man. You make some good, awesome comments. Speaking of comments, you guys should uh, leave some comments. Uh, yeah, that is a waiver. If you buy a ticket, you're automatically signing a waiver. I feel you on the releasing vulnerability part. Things to tone, James. Much love as always. Oh, no problem. Guys, uh, so that ritual, uh, I've done that a few times. It's pretty cool. I realized that if any of you were doubting whether or not I was some sort of satanic force, me telling you about a primordial ritual where I emerged into the water and came out as a new creature, not a wolf, by the way, uh, that's between me and my spirit animals, but that if that scares you and freaks you out, yeah, yeah, that's me. You should know that about me. I believe in animism. I believe in it. And it leads me to have so much electricity that I spend time thinking about Mary Moon. Am I right? I don't know. I don't know. But if there were buildings... If there were Roman buildings here, when Native Americans were here, they would have done the same thing to Egypt. They would have said, we built these. And I'm pretty sure we didn't land on the moon. But seriously, if we have to, if it means that we're close-minded when we're just having trouble with like basic things like that, I really just need to start over all over again. Because I, and I think we should. One of the most beautiful things that happened with the Corona is I was able to start over. I literally woke up one day and said, I don't believe the fucking thing anymore, ever at all. This is before Corona. That's what the preamble to Blueprints of Mind Control is, right? Asking you, do you have enough electricity to ask is something even true anymore? Do you have enough electricity to even ask that? It's a special gift to have that, isn't it? My God, Super Bowl boy roar. That is a lot of icons you just typed there. Damn, damn sloth. Well done, buddy. All right. Uh, New Moon in Pisces, apparently. Sounds good to me. Uh, Sirius sporting the pirate flag. I see it. That looks like Blackbeard's flag. Tell me if I'm wrong. Prove my lips if so. Uh, of course, it's okay to be wrong, Blue Gene. It's, it's the perfect thing to be. That's how you get right. You guys have a great day. I've been on the moon planning my... Oh, right on. Shit moth. She has been. I've, I've seen pictures, so it must be true. <laughs> right? Right? Uh, okay, I'm not... Yeah, I haven't been on Telegram in a week. I don't know if I'm going to be back on Telegram. Let's we'll see how long I can go without it. Because honestly, I, I think it... I've noticed that the the it does... Over and over and over again, Telegram elicits some pretty shitty behavior from people, including me. And I, there's just so many things to focus on right now that need that need focusing on. Uh, so personally, uh, but there's some great there's some great cats in there, really great cats in there. So, New Moon Fire, oh, I'd love to join Amanda. 
definitely check that out when that is. Jake Schubert solo. Uh, all right, guys. Have a great day. We'll play us out. Thank you for being here. Appreciate you. And, uh, yeah. If I made you mad, sorry. I, I do appreciate your different opinions, though. Uh, let's just not strawman each other. Okay, I was strawmanning too. Fine. But still, we're not going to get anywhere that way. All right, I'm going to stop talking now. Ten minutes to airship. Hope to see you then. It's a dojo firestorm. Oh, I'll have to find out about that, Blue. Aaron Keene, thank you.